0: good morning good morning good morning good morning all my people i know i'm a few minutes late appreciate everybody staying patient y'all know what it is man today i uh, got a special guest coming on to talk about 49ers packers they're on the Packers side of things so they're going to tell us everything that we need to know about this really a historic matchup we think the cowboys versus packers was kind of the big rivalry i think this one might be even bigger man y'all already know what it is man San Francisco 49ers morning show let's
1: go
2: It
0: is picked off by Eric Roger over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Talk TV podcast. Good morning, man. Hope y'all got y'all, y'all coffee ready. You know what I'm saying? I got my uh, hot cocoa. I don't drink coffee. You know, I don't really drink anything that it's it's supposed to do something. Not not saying I don't drink it. I'll I'll drink it, but I don't even know if it works. So, like coffee, right? Coffee with caffeine, like it's supposed to like get you all like you know, oh, give me woken up, get my day started. Like I don't even know if that stuff works for me. Uh, same with energy drinks. I'll smash the energy drink, and I don't feel any different. But I don't know my I don't know my body's different. Like I don't be feeling stuff like coronavirus, right? Like I know it's a real thing. I know it is. But I almost feel like I'm immune to it. I think it started this is why I think I'm immune to to COVID. All right. And not to I don't want to downplay COVID and what it is. I, I know what it does to people. But for me, I feel like anybody if you were if you if you used to drink out the water hose when you were kids, when you was a kid, if you drank out the water hose, I feel like you're immune to to, to COVID. Or if you like me right you know like i lick my fingers before throwing the football like if you've been licking your fingers before throwing the football since you were six seven eight years old i think you're immune to COVID. I'll imagine if you ever dropped something on the ground and you said five second rule and you picked it up and ate it you're probably immune to covid so uh i don't know my body real sensitive it's like this like Big callus I've built up between eating bad foods like McDonald's and stuff and all that stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe I have had COVID. Maybe I haven't. Every time I got tested, I haven't had it. Um, I'm definitely fully vaccinated. Uh, just got my booster shot. My arm is still a little sore. Had to get it. I'm going to the Senior Bowl. So, Senior Bowl is in, what, two weeks? Senior Bowl is in two weeks? A week? I'll be at the Senior Bowl. And not just the Senior Bowl. I'll be at the... Uh, HBCU combine as well. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm covering all those things for uh, the Locked On Network, Locked On NFL Draft. Make sure you guys listen to Locked On NFL Draft if you haven't already. Also, listen to uh, Locked On 49ers with myself, Brian Peacock. We did a crossover episode with our guy, Peter. And, you know, we got this big rivalry. Talk about rivalry, right? 49ers rivalry is pretty big. And the rivalry between the 49ers Packers it's, it doesn't stop on the field. It also continues on to the podcasting. So 49ers and podcast, I mean 49ers and Packers locked on on the locked on network. We're always battling right there at the top spot. Like who's going to have the number 1 show for the week? Who's going to have the number 1 show for the year? Uh it is tight. It's tight. So there's a rivalry going on within the rivalry. All right. What I want to do a little different. I have somebody coming on in 20 minutes. I don't want to talk about anything other than you telling me like your like that moment, right? Between the 49ers Packers. Let's talk about the rivalry. All right. Let's talk about the rivalry. 49ers Packers. And I want I want you to tell me about like that moment. Like that was like special. It always comes back to you. It could be Brett Favre kicking our kicking the 49ers ass. It could be Terrell Owens Catch, whatever it is, just that moment that kind of takes you back to being a child. All right. We'll talk about that for another 20 minutes. And then at 9 a.m. Central Time, uh. 10 Eastern, 8, you know, 7 Pacific. My guy, Ross Uglum, from the, uh, he's on from the uh, Packers report. Also, Bison's report. All right, so he's going to come on. He's going to talk to us about everything pertaining to the Packers. And since he's covering North Dakota State, he has great insight on Trey Lance, the type of person he is, and all that stuff. He got to watch the whole entire thing play out. All right, so here's the link in the chat. If you're on Twitter, come on over to the YouTube channel. Type in Eric Crocker. And uh, we're going to talk about, for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like just the rivalry between the Packers and the 49ers and kind of like that special moment for you. All right, so I'm going to go ahead. I got my headphones, my handy-dandy headphones ready. Terrell Owens, first catch, Kaepernick's big runs. I mean, 49ers, for as scary as Aaron Rodgers is. And Aaron Rodgers, he, he's scary. They'd be kicking his ass in the playoffs. <laughs> like, 49ers be kicking his ass in the playoffs. Here we go. I got my my guy Rocky Mountain Razorback man. Here we go. I'm bringing you on now. What, what's that moment for you, man? That 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 moment where it just brings that 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 childhood memory, or it could be an adult memory. Obviously, you know you had the Kaepernick stuff, uh, in the last what eight seven years or whatever that was. But what's that moment for you?
2: For me, it was that um, that wild card game. When I, can you hear me, okay, Croc?
0: A little low, but I got you.
2: Okay, it was that wild card game when Tio made the catch too. I can always remember my mama, who's not with me anymore. I was telling me that RIP, over you know, son. Like you know, like we we can turn the channel, and I was crying and crying, and I was like, I don't. <laughs> they are always beating us, and uh, and yeah. you know, I I wouldn't let my mom turn off the TV. I was like, I want to see what happens, and uh, sure enough. To had had a horrible game, drop passes, all that makes the play. He's crying in the end zone, and I'm crying at home as a child. You know, and uh, uh, you know we go on and lose to the Falcons after that that next week. But uh, I'll I it. think
0: you're really low for everybody. They they said they can't hear you at all. I know I turned my headphones up when you got on, but they're having a hard time hearing you.
2: Sorry, bro. Uh, I I'll get back into the uh, line. And you get to the next one then.
0: <laughs> all right well he wanted us to get to the next person but unfortunately he's the only person that clicked in nobody else wants to talk about the rivalry and and just that moment for them i'll talk about mine all right obviously clearly remember i mean, I could picture the tarot Owens catch like it's yesterday all right um that was a big one people talk about the drops there was something that happened before the drop on that same drive i believe and i'm going off of memory because i mean now, I haven't rewatched that game because you guys remember back in those days, like the games didn't come back on. It was like you watched it and then that's it. And um, Jerry Rice, he fumbled. <laughs> he fumbled. And luckily they did not have instant replay back then. So, you know, we're, we're talking about, was that, 96, 97, 98, whenever that was, there was no instant replay. So Jerry Rice, he was getting tackled by like one or two people. Got uh, the ball got punched out, and they were just like, "He was down by contact." And I'm like, "Yeah, he was down. That motherfucker was not down." All right, here we go. Let's see if we can hear him better now. Go ahead.
2: All right, this is better, man.
0: Oh, baby, that's way better. Let me try. <laughs> oh,
2: sorry way about better. that, bro. Let's go. Um, so yeah, what I was saying was, I, I my memory is what you were just talking about that TO catch, man. I'll never forget uh, my mom who was not with me anymore. Uh, she wanted to turn the TV off because she thought we had lost the game. They had already started pulling up some of the advertisements and stuff like that, like, you know, closing it out. And I was crying at home. I I think I was like, you know, seven or something like that. I was crying hard. I was like, but I hate the Packers. They're always beating us. And, you know, they kept us out and, and yada, yada. And uh, my mom wanted to change the channel. And I, I was like, no, I want to see what happens. I want to see, you know, what goes on in this last drive. I think we can yeah. do it. And, uh, you know, anyway, she was down and, and, you know, Steve Young trips, almost falls down on the play and he hits T.O. in the end zone. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize because T.O. was so cocky later on in his career you know, he burst into tears and started crying like a child as well. You know, his teammates are all hugging him. Mariucci's, you know, slapping him on the helmet, forgiving him for for having all those drops. And uh, and that's the one memory that I'll I'll never forget. You know, I I got a, uh, my best man in my wedding is a a huge Packers fan. uh, And I just sent him that video the other day. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, we're we're ready for it.
0: (laughs) So I don't know if we've had this conversation before, but Rocky Mountain Razorback, what's the story behind that? So,
2: uh, I'm actually, so great question. Actually, I'm a, a San Francisco native. I'm from Hayes Valley, but, uh, all of my, um, all of my family went to, uh, or lived in Arkansas. A few went to the university of Arkansas. Um, you know, after my mom had passed away, when I was a child, I actually moved, uh, down South and to Fort Smith, uh, from San Francisco. And I know you moved from Stockton to, to Arkansas. So, uh, yeah. you probably know that that change is real wild, bro. And, uh, uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, over time, I kind of got to fit in. And, and when you're in Arkansas, you root for the Razorbacks. And, and I have family that went to the school. So, uh, you know, and, and fast forward to today, uh, now I, I live in Denver. So, the Rocky Mountains. So, uh, Rocky Mountain Razorbacks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Good. Good story. Yeah, Arkansas is a little different, man. But uh, they love their Razorbacks. And that's no. Cool I know, and I'll get you off in a second. But I, just, I learned as far as football goes, especially collegiate football. It means way more in the south. So, when you see the resources and things they put behind these sec schools, when you come to areas like this, you know, Arkansas, Alabama, you know, even Louisiana, Mississippi, and you see how they back those programs, it's like, well, no wonder why they continue to kick everybody's ass or be for sure, you know, like the top dogs in college football because of how everybody gets behind these programs, and uh, you know. Even you with, with the Razorback in your name, that speaks volumes to kind of you understanding what those programs mean to, uh, you know, just these these areas. So uh, could I ask you tough. two
2: things real quick, crop before I get off?
0: Of course. Of um,
2: course. Uh, you play Pop Warner in California in Stockton, right? What team were yeah. you on?
0: The Northside Bengals.
2: Northside Bengals? I th- Man, I played for the San Francisco Seahawks. Um, I know we're close to the same age. I'm just trying to remember yeah. if we played y'all or not. And then the other nah, thing. No, uh, I went. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. The other thing is I, I think, uh, did you go to Monticello? Were you a mule rider? Yeah, yep. Yeah. My, no, my, no, no, no. Uh, we,
0: we were Weevil. Weevil.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was going to say I had a friend that uh, I played high school ball with that played down there. Uh, his name is Brooks. Uh, but anyway, just curious if you played with him. That,
0: sound familiar. that sounds wife familiar. Brooks White, tight end. Oh, I'd have to go back, uh, here, you know, that's cool, bro. it's been like cool, 10 bro. years, so. I get it. <laughs> All right. All right. I appreciate you coming on, man. For sure, bro. Have a good one. All right. There we go. We're, we got people coming on, kind of telling their memories of the 49ers Packers uh, rivalry. And that, this is the real rivalry. You know, again, got the Cowboys thing and the Cowboys ri- rivalry. They, they haven't played in the playoffs since 95. And I know to everybody in the 80s and 90s, that's the biggest rivalry. And it is a big rivalry. In the sense of how I view it, because you know, my big brother, he's a diehard Cowboy fan. Yeah, me being a diehard, diehard 49er fan. Uh, but now, you know, as of late, even kind of late 90s up until now, the 49ers and Packers have played in the playoffs so many times, they played in the playoffs so many times. All right, so we're gonna get our guy Mark on and we're gonna see what Mark, what, what memory does he have? All right, so Mark, man, what's good, man? What, what memory do you have? Morning, this rivalry goes how far, first of all, how old are you?
3: Me, I'm 24. So I was born, like, I've only seen the bad
0: times. Yeah, you're so you don't remember, like, the young, uh, like, the Brett Favre yeah. years.
3: Nah. I mean, I know about it. Like, I see the stories, like, in 96, when the Packers beat us in a divisional game. It was all yeah. fucked up. But, yeah, I remember those times. Like, I've only seen, like, the highlights of it. But, I mean, yeah. for me, the, uh, like, turning point type stuff was, like, was it in 2012? Caps, like, first started against Green Bay. Uh, like, over. Oh, when we played them in the playoffs, and I just remember like that Joe Buck call when he's like, "Colin Kaepernick what a game," you know. Even though I hate <laughs> Joe Buck, you know, yeah. like, but that's something that like I'll always remember, you know. And then like for like the next couple of games after that, we just kept on dominating them. It was nice, you know. Those were some good times.
0: I, I I got my guy Ross Uglum, coming on, and we're we're gonna talk about that. And I wonder, is there anything too just like? One organization just kind of kicking your ass in the playoffs and knocking you out. How does that make you feel? Do you think that there's a level, uh you know, with Aaron Rodgers where he has to kind of get that monkey off of his back by beating the 49ers? Do you think that's, like, in his head? Like, the fact that, damn, I did not seen them in the playoffs three times now, and each time they've knocked me out.
3: Exactly. And then, like, you know, everybody always pulls up that, like, highlight where he's like, oh, the Niners didn't draft me. I'm going to make them regret it type thing, you know? But he's, like, yeah. going three against us in the playoffs. And then I think he's, like, what, six and six all time against us? So, like, we're, like, his, like, kryptonite, you know? And I live in Chicago, so, like, everybody here is all Bears fans. So, they all scared of him. Like, when I saw him with the eye, over, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, I could never. Oh, I'll lose my mind, you know? And, I mean, my dad, he lives in San Jose. So, like, my uh, cousins and uncles, they all from the Bay Area. So, um, my parents are divorced. So in like 2009 was when I first started to go out to Cali, and then my cousin just showed me like all the hype for the Niners, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" I was a Bears fan like growing up, but I was like, "Man, everybody's getting old, and they only like score like 10 points a game, and then they got to worry about like defense special teams going on. That's like boring yeah. football, you know." And I would like fall yeah. asleep watching games, and I'm like six, seven years old, and I'm like, "Man, it's boring, you know." But then uh, yeah. my cousin showed me the way, you know. And ever since then, I just do the way to be a I, mean, I still follow them, you know. I still follow them, yeah. but they ain't my favorite So it was like 2010, I was like, fuck it. You know? But yeah. uh, it's crazy to see like other teams, like they just scared of this man. I'm like, man, just hit him a couple times. And that's it, man. And he will go down. <laughs> and then like, they're like saying like, oh, you gotta worry about the cold. I'm like, eh, it's like a mental thing. And I think like, what they got the heaters and everything, you know? They gonna be fine.
0: Yeah. Did you, so, yeah. uh, you know, did you play football in Chicago at all?
3: Uh, Yeah, I played until high school.
0: And how was it, you know, even in high school, I know games going to November. What was it like kind of playing in that cold weather?
3: Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Like, uh, I played wide receiver. So, like, you would feel it when, like, the ball, like, my quarterback, he would throw, like, sometimes, like, when we're warming up, like, 45, 50-yard box. And when it's coming down, you're like, fuck. You, like, just feel like you're catching a rock. In (laughs) high school, they don't give you no fancy stuff, you know, like, if you were like yeah. decent or like if your parents wanted to spend the money and got you like the, the um like the that warm-up thing like for your hands like that pocket yeah hand warmer. if you were yeah. lucky to have that you know if not then you would just have to like if you sit on the sideline you just have your hands in your pants type thing you know and you're like man yeah. i'm freezing <laughs> especially if your team's like in the playoffs you're like oh man if you just sit down yeah. the bench you're like oh this ain't cool man but, uh, nah, if you, I mean, once you, like, start playing and the adrenaline is going, you like, man, let's go. And then, like, if the defense is killing it, as long as the offense, I feel like, for the Niners, as long as we run the ball, uh, run the ball like in 2019 with Mostert, with the, like, four or five studies he had, like, we'll be fine. Like, just keep Rodgers off the field. We need to have them, like, eight, nine minutes, like, drives at least.
0: Yeah. All right, Mark, man, I appreciate you coming on, bro. All right, for sure, man. Have a good one. All right, stay warm out there in Chicago, Windy City. Got a couple of uh, donations here. Uh, My mom and dad fight over these games. Both diehards. Is a huge deal. Every year in our household, in our family, uh, we don't speak for a little bit after. (laughs) 49ers by four. Hey, I still, I talk to my brother every day. My big brother. All right, he's four years older than me. Uh, I'm 34, he's 38. Again, we grew up, he's a diehard Cowboy fan. You know me, loving my 49ers. And we haven't talked. We we talk every day. We FaceTime every day. We see each other's face. We FaceTime every day. I got a big bald head. He got a big bald head. We see each other's bald heads every day. And we have not FaceTime since the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys. So uh that kind of lets you know a little bit of how it's going <laughs> for us right now. Uh shout out to all my Arkansas 479 in the house originally from the a Okay. Okay. See, I, I I Arkansas done kind of adopted me now. They done adopted a real one from Stockton. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to all the arkansans our, our, our there we go that's what it's called and he got that right here arkansans which is weird which i don't understand how like arkansas has kansas in it right like our kansas but it's arkansas and then kansas is kansas instead of like kansas i don't know anyways i know that's kind of stupid anyways um here we go I got my guy matt moses what's up matt what's up what's a a memory from your childhood or as an adult, just uh, what you think That's exemplifies the 49ers versus Packers rivalry?
4: Um, Yo, man, what up, Croc, bro? I'm going to have to say the the Kaepernick, uh, the uh, 2012 divisional um, playoff when, like, because I remember I was, like, still in California at the time. Around This is before I moved, like, out here to Ohio. And I remember, like, that whole like playoff run and everything and the nostalgia. And I was just so excited, bro. And like, like this was like, after like my, uh, my mom had passed and my mom, she was like diehard Niners every day, all day. And like, you know, I I kept the tradition on with her. And so like, um, I was like, man, I wish she could see this right now. I wish she could see Kaepernick and us doing good. Like all the years we did bad after like, you know, young and retired. You know, quarterbacks, um, Retay to Garcias, and and so like, yeah, that 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 playoff win that we had when when Cap ran all over them, and then the other one was when when we, we actually went into Green Bay and won in that divisional, and Kaepernick had that that long run. It was like third and thirteen or something like that, and he he scrambled and got the first down and put us in field goal range, and we ended up winning the game. And those are like the two best, like 49ers Packers moments for me. Yeah.
0: All right. That's dope, man. Love you coming on. Speaking now, I'm going to get you off and get the next person on.
4: All right, bro. All
0: right. Here we go. I got Jeffrey Roy. Jeffrey Ray. Good morning, man. How you doing, bro? Two days in a row. Let's go.
5: Two days in a row, bro. I'm back. Hopefully, I won't be as nervous as I was yesterday.
0: Oh, you're good. The more you talk, listen, I I I come up here like I have it all under control and stuff like that, but i would be nervous too.
5: So all right, cool. Hey, so uh so I got a little bit of a story for you. So my uh my daughter in 2019 was diagnosed with leukemia, and uh we were traveling back and forth. Me and my wife were traveling back and forth to San Francisco, uh to UCSF Medical Center. And so a, a bunch of guys at my work, uh people that I delivered to and stuff, some of my accounts. We're trying to get some money together to help us go back and forth and uh we, we already had raised enough money to go up and spend time with my daughter and one of my accounts uh calls me up he knows i'm a big niner fan every time i go in there we talk about niners and uh he reaches out to me and tells me in 2019 april i got us tickets front row at the uh green bay niner game for the championship game and so during that year the emotions that we were dealing with with our daughter and stuff being able to go there kind of take take a load off not have to deal with what was going on with my kid and watching us win that championship was was amazing
0: that's dope man damn man making a real (laughs) (laughs) i know how it is. you know i have a daughter and um I i got two daughters and one of my daughters uh, there was this time where I don't know, she was doing some weird like kind of shaking thing, and my, my wife was scared and and um you know had to get like her like tested for I don't know, they did something and they hooked up this thing like with all these things to her head. I just remember how it like hurt my heart to see my daughter have to walk around with this uh thing attached to her, you know, and just like and my daughter, you know, she ended up being fine. I can only imagine, you know, your baby, your 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 little baby girl, you know, having to go through that mm-hmm. and you know, her having to be in the hospital and y'all travel back and forth and maybe Sometimes her, you know, you probably thinking of her feeling like she's alone at times, you know, and uh, I, I can only imagine, you know, that kind of being. Yeah. Being yeah. At
5: the time, she's she was only four years old. Uh, uh, we have four girls and two boys. So we got a big family. And uh, luckily, we were able to keep the whole family together, go up there and spend time with her. UCSF Medical Center. I got to give a shout out to that hospital because uh, November 18th was her last uh, dose of chemotherapy and she's completely healthy let's go let's go oh yeah yeah so yeah that game that game would just always hold a special place in my heart because of the people the, the uh community that we have here and, and them reaching out and doing that for me it was just totally unexpected and it was my first niner game too you know i, I mean i wish I, I wish i was able to go and uh watch the niners play in candlestick but uh, at least i got to go do that
0: listen man i i done been to candlestick and i'll say this everybody I think it's more so, uh, maybe what candlestick meant to people because that place was mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. it wasn't like everybody. Oh, candlestick was better, like, no, the hell, it wasn't. <laughs> it's just was a trash, history, it's just the history of it. Like, it had the history. Yeah. My uh, my, my family they live up there at Frisco in uh, Hunter's Point. So, uh, mm-hmm. my, uh my mom's grandpa <clears> and grandma. Uh, a lot of my aunties and stuff like that, they lived up there in Hunters Point. So, out the window, I remember going up there all the time as a kid, and we looked out the window and you could see Candlestick Park out there. So, you know, those oh, are memories awesome. I have a candlestick. Yeah, yeah. Like, as far as it, people be like, like Levi's is trash. It's like, nah, man, candlestick was like, you could smell like, <laughs> like, 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 I don't know, like animals or something. It was weird. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro. <laughs>
5: It's like I here too. Shoot, I live in Tulare County. I know you're in you're in Stockton, or you're from Stockton. My whole family's from yeah. Lodi, bro. Oh,
0: okay, I went to I went to and Lodi, so.
5: Oh, uh, right on, man. Right on. Yeah. Hey, thanks for getting me on, man. I appreciate it.
0: All right, all good. Damn, I wasn't I wasn't expecting to get teary eyed over anything today, but uh, awesome awesome story, and that's pretty cool to you know people come on here and feel comfortable enough to kind of share their testimony and stuff, you know, y'all know I come on here and I tell y'all all all kinds of stuff about my life and, 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 you know, personal life, et cetera, you know, whatever's going on. And I, and I always feel like there, there has to be like some level of realness, right? With all this and, and how everything kind of works out. And I, ain't nobody going to be like, oh, you know, crock is he, y'all know exactly who I am. And I always kind of leave the door open for anybody to ask questions or whatever. Uh, still waiting on Ross to join us. He should be joining us soon. So I'll still, I'll put the chat back in there. Uh, the link to the, to come on live. And again, we're just talking about sharing stories about the 49ers Packers and that rivalry and kind of what it means to you, uh, a, a specific moment, whether it's your childhood adulthood. And you know, I've talked about uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, and I definitely want to ask Ross about this, but I wonder if, 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 does Aaron Rodgers have to prove to himself that he can beat the 49ers in this, in this game, in this playoff game? You know, he's seen the 49ers three times in the playoffs and each year is different. Like I I could talk about 2012. This is not the 2012 or 2013. Well, 2012 and 13. This is not those teams. All right. So those, those, those games have nothing to do with this game aside from the fact that it's the same organization but i do think that there is something to that right there is something to that in a sense of when you see that logo like you know what it means and you know what it does and there's kind of there's probably some scar tissue there all right here we go i got my guy deshaun coming on deshaun what's good man well you, you got a rivalry story or what what does this rivalry mean to you this rivalry for me is
6: big man you know my dad is actually from hunter's point so uh growing up it was Niners, Giants, all day. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, for me, you know, I was born in '88, so you know, I didn't get to see the glory days, uh, you know, in the '80s, '90s. So for me, I love when um, we had Justin Smith, Patrick Willis, and them boys. We wouldn't let nobody rest for 100 yards for like two seasons in a row. Like that's when I was loving it. Then we got, then we got Colin Kaepernick. Man, I just remember being the most proudest Niners fan, No, we were just. We wasn't letting people do nothing. And so when we excuse used to play, you just, you loved it, man. The confidence was all in the air. And then when uh, Kaepernick came and did that sleeveless game, dude, there was no higher time for a Niner fan for me.
0: <laughs> That's dope, man. That's dope. All right, I'm going to get you off. I see you getting that workout in, man. Lift, it, lift enough weights for me as well, bro.
6: I got you. I got you. All right. All
0: right, here we go. Got a couple more people. I do got my guy Ross. Uh, he's on. He's about to be joining us. Let me get to the next two callers real quick. So real quick, we got uh Ch- Ch- Child Chili Odell. Is that right? Chili Odell. Chili Odell. Okay, there we go. Chili Odell. Uh, 49ers, Packers uh, memory. What what this uh, you know this uh, rivalry means to you? Talk to me a little bit about that.
6: For me, it, big time. Obviously, I'm I'm older. I'm 41, so I was around for. All those bad times in the 90s. We really had that yeah. one good moment in the 90s, let's be honest. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, so I've really enjoyed just this, this last decade of us being able to just kick kick the Packers' butts in the playoffs. Man, it's been, it's been great for me having grown up. So all the Kaepernick plays, I mean, I, I think the biggest one for me, obviously, was that uh, cap throwing that pick six. But then coming right back, got it, and yeah. just boom, we took over. We took over that game, which was like, yeah. for me, was as. A guy who grew up watching those games. Was like, oh, we can't do this again with the Packers because we we did that a lot in the '90s. A lot of turnovers, a lot of dumb mistakes. So I was like, not again. We
7: got to do this. So yeah,
6: that's what's been great for me. It's just uh, seeing uh, seeing us being able to dominate them so far this last decade in the in the postseason.
0: Awesome, and awesome. Thanks for coming on and sharing Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, I'm gonna get the next caller on. All right. All right, here we go. Got my guy Dion. It looks like Dion. Are you are you in the gym too?
7: no got uh, go uh,
0: all right there we go there we go I, I think I, I think we got you now it was a little it, it sounded like you you know I know you're in the gym but it sounded like you might have been in McDonald's using their Wi-Fi I think you're good now though
7: oh yeah can you hear me yeah I got you yeah yeah man I'm trying to knock this dadbot off brother I really am I you. Yeah. oh man my my, my memories honestly. I remember in the 90s when Brett Favre knocked us off. I hated that shit. Um, And then, to be honest with you, the only other memories I have of us versus the Packers is the regular season, but mainly the postseason more recently when we knocked them off. Those two against Cap and that one where Raheem Mostert ran all over their ass. So those are my fondest memories, man. And we're going to make another one on Saturday, baby. We got this. I know. Ain't no choices, okay, yes, man. Sir. Everybody out there thinking that we might might lose, just put the ball in Elijah Mitchell's hands and Debo hands and let us run them all the way th- to the NFC Championship, baby. And we better yes, not sir. face the Rams, because you know we just going to beat the brakes off them.
0: <laughs> all right, Dion, I'm going to let you get back to your workout, man. I'm going to get everybody on uh, in, in a little bit. All right.
3: Nothing to lie, baby.
0: Yes, sir. Shout out to my guy Dion real quick. Got this contribution before I get to the guest. A few days ago, I said the 49ers cannot cover slants, uh, slant fades in cover one, and you blew my concern off. Locked on, uh, lock on pack. Uh, Peter stated how that's their strength. So I think you're talking about slot fades. So slot fades, that's tough, right? Uh, 49ers got beat on the slot fade. Uh, against the Packers early in the season, I believe it was Lazar down the right side. A rod threw a ball in there, they called a pass interference on one on Diamond Lenore. Uh, that's tough because you know how Aaron Rodgers is. Anytime he sees if he sees anything that's could be potentially a favorable matchup, he's going to check it to the right play. And 49ers, they play any kind of single high, he's probably going to that slot fade. So that's something that 49ers are definitely going to make sure that they have covered. The way to kind of eliminate that, you got run a little bit too high, but you can't run too high all game. All right, y'all, here we go, man. With no further ado, I got my guy, Ross Uglin coming on. Ross, good morning, man. How you doing?
1: I'm good, Croc. How are you?
0: I'm good. You sound good. Uh, we got Ross Uglum. He's of the Packers report and also Bison's report. So we'll get, you know, a few comments from you on uh, Trey Lance because, you know, obviously he's a big storyline here uh, with the 49ers. But first, man, before we get into it, the whole Packers stuff, I want to ask you, what's your, you know, just one of your favorite memories, 49ers, Packers, and kind of what this rivalry means to you?
1: Outside of when Jerry Rice fumbled. (laughs)
0: outside of when jay Rice but yeah uh
1: you know i mean it's got to be unfortunately if you're a packer fan of this vintage it's got to be the exciting regular season games right the uh the monday nighter out in san francisco where where rogers or no that was in green bay the monday nighter in green bay uh where rogers threw that sideline ball the equinemius st brown to set up a game-winning field goal um obviously this week's you know this year's game where um they were dominating for most of the game, let San Francisco come all the way back and then uh did their thing in 48 seconds. But I tell you what, Croc, there haven't if you're if you're Packers guy, there haven't been uh many fond memories of the playoffs. Certainly not uh you know of 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 a human of, of my vintage.
0: Right. So that's and that's it's crazy because you know you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers and and kind of what he's been and just how special he is, but still like, dang, got to get this monkey off our back when playing the 49ers. And I want to ask you, I want to start off by asking that. We know how special Aaron Rodgers is, but for whatever reason, and again, I've said it on here, the the playoff teams that he played in 2012, 2013, definitely different than what he saw in 2019 and even what he's going to see uh, Saturday evening. But do you think there is still this certain element of like, him having to prove to himself that he can beat this team in the game that matters most.
1: I I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, oftentimes we put a lot on just specifically like Rodgers, but the, the defense gave up 37 points in the 2019 playoffs. Uh, in the 2012 playoffs, the defense gave up 45 points yeah, you can ask Rodgers to score 46 and you can ask Rodgers to score 38. <laughs> but is it ultimately on, you know, is it ultimately his fault? Is it ultimately his, his problem? I I don't know, you know, that, that it is. Um, I, I, I get it. You know, I do, I understand why it's Rodgers against the 49ers, but it's really the Packers against the 49ers. And if you have concern about this game on the green Bay side, it's the same stuff, right? It's run defense versus run offense. I think you're, you're a little bit certainly less frightened if you're a Packers fan of Jimmy G, especially a Jimmy G when you're talking about uh, you know a, a recovering thumb and now a new shoulder injury. You're a lot less frightened of him than you were of Ka- of Kaepernick uh, if, if you're talking about these historical playoff matchups. But it's unfortunately for Green Bay for the last four playoff or three playoff matches, this one being the fourth, it's all the same same thing. Can you stop the run? And that's, I think, going to decide this one.
0: You know, I want to ask you, you know, 49ers and Packers, they had a big-time matchup early in the season. That was a game with a lot of fireworks. Pack, uh, Packers jumped out to a big lead. 49ers yep. stormed back. Uh, some weird things happened. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo threw a ball backwards. I don't know. But at the end of the d- game, Jimmy Garoppolo, boom, boom, boom. 49ers drive down. They score a touchdown to take the lead. 37 seconds left. Big bad man. Aaron Rodgers drives down, scores a touchdown. You know, real quick, I want to ask you, what are the differences, you know, between the, the Packers from week three and the Packers that the 49ers will see this weekend?
1: Uh, you know, oddly enough, they're healthier, which is, which sounds crazy, but. It's true, you know, they, they were able to get back. Um, I think Randall Cobb probably played in that game, but they're able to get back Randall Cobb, which is uh and no, he did mi- no, he played in that game. Um, they're able to get Randall Cobb back, able to get David Bakhtari back. He did not play in that game. I could pretty much guarantee you. I know Zadarius Smith didn't play in that game. Um, that might have actually no that that was a, a Jair Alexander game, so he was in that game, but this it's strange. I mean, truly it is, as far as Green Bay kind of having hit their stride, but getting Zadarius Smith back and Randall Cobb back and Jari Alexander back and David Bakhtari back and a bunch of guys, you know, and, and I don't know, you know, specifically who missed that game against the 49ers, but with the exception of the ACL tears of Robert Tunyon and Elton Jenkins, Green Bay is about as full strength as they're gonna be. and and, and that's when you look at the 49ers and um, you know, obviously, if if Bosa clears protocol, he clears protocol. But you look at what happened to Fred Warner at the end of that game, you, you talk about shoulder and thumb with with San Francisco. And, and that's one thing if I'm a 49ers fan I'm concerned about is these Niners have been in playoff mode for like five weeks. I mean, they've been yeah. grinding with no break.
0: Right. And I mean, and it started against the Houston, Texas. Well, first you had the game on the road against Tennessee, and we all saw how that game ended uh, last second field goal. After that, you know, Jimmy groppelin played the rookie Trey Lance, and we'll get to him. He led the 49ers to victory over the Texans, which essentially, if they don't win that game, they're not in the playoffs right now. No, We're they're not, not having this conversation. And then, like you said, just grinding it out against the Rams, having to come back, grinding it out against the Dallas, the way the game ended, and probably was a little bit closer. Than they had to be. You know, I want to touch on a little bit about uh Aaron Rodgers and kind of what he's done this year. I think we are so we're we're so used to just seeing Aaron Rodgers dominate that I think some people don't take the time to really talk about the excellence that he plays with. You know, right now he's having an amazing year. I mean, I, I think I heard a stat or something like that. Like, He's had like 20 touchdowns and zero interceptions over the last so many games or something like that. How how does he do such a good job of taking care of the ball?
1: Man, it used to drive guys nuts, too, because it was oftentimes where he would hold it and hold it and hold it and then throw it away, take a sack, things like that. I mean, he's always been careful with the football. But really, I think the, the marriage to Matt LaFleur has been the most important part in the sense of. There are easy access throws now where it was a lot of ISO ball with Mike McCarthy and a lot of, you know, dangerous places to put the football. Now there are easy access throws within the offense and he knows if his 20 yard shot, his 30 yard shot, even his 18 yard shot isn't there. He knows where the tight ends are. He knows where the backs are. They have a lot of bootleg stuff with, with with guys running in the flat that'll catch the ball and run for six, seven yards. There's designed runs or designed throws, excuse me, to Aaron Jones that are in the offense. There are screens to Devontae Adams that are in the offense. There's a lot of easy throws where he doesn't feel like he ever has to force the ball. And honestly, what I think has been the most impressive about this entire season is last year um, – With you know, until the end when when Bakhtari blew out his ACL. Last year, Green Bay was very fortunate, in my opinion, from an offensive health standpoint. Tunyon played the whole year. Adams played the whole year. Uh, They were able to get those guys both double-digit touchdowns through the air. Aaron Jones stayed relatively healthy, and if he wasn't healthy, A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams were. And the offensive line largely stuck together. This year, that's been the complete opposite. Billy Turner's been out. Elton Jenkins blew out his knee. Bakhtari played one game, and that was 25 snaps against the Lions. You have seen Josh Myers, by the way, the the rookie center that they drafted to take over for Corey Lindsley. He has been out since week three or four. They have been just sticking this offensive line together. He said the Tunyon ACL injury, significant missed time from Cobb. Significant missed time from MVS, and everybody's like, Oh, MVS isn't that good. MVS completely changes the geometry of the offense in the sense of what you have to defend long. And 49ers fans will remember plenty of MVS. He's beaten them for a big one basically all the last three times they've played, yeah. if not multiple big ones. Um, so that's why I think, and I, I believe he will win MVP. You saw the, the first team all pro voting, it's all the same voters. He's going to win the MVP. And this, though it hasn't been as statistically good as 2020, 2021 was so impressive just because of the guys that he was missing, the guys that were blocking for him and the guys that he was throwing to.
0: Mm. All right. So, you know, I kind of want to continue to kind of talk about that and, and add you are talking about who he's throwing to. You got Devontae Adams is. A lot of 49er fans are thinking, well, oh, you know, you got you to gotta take away Devontae Adams. You got to stop Devontae Adams and then you'll be fine.
1: Is right. there
0: any such thing as stopping Devontae Adams? Because I don't think it, so.
1: <laughs> right. It's, it's funny you ask that because you go to the uh, Baltimore game, which they were, you know, down bad from a personnel standpoint as far as, you know, who was available to them in that game. But they, they had this coverage called 17 Bulldog, which was a flat-out bracket coverage. And um, he ended up with six catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Now, of course, then MVS goes for 598-1. and uh, Roger still throws for 270 and three touchdowns, and it's not a problem because Mercedes Lewis gets involved. Alan Lazard gets involved. Tyler Davis catches a 22-yard ball on and on and on and on. But that was the closest I've seen is what Baltimore did. And that was a hard double. And what I think the problem with that then becomes is a, you can run the football a little bit more, but B green Bay is healthy as far as the pass catchers are concerned in this game, in the sense that they will have Lazard, Scantling, Cobb and their, their back Aaron Jones to throw the football to. So If you're going to hard double on every play, which was the 17 Bulldog thing that that, uh, they came up with out in Baltimore, I think you could run into some serious problems with one-on-ones with Scantling specifically. And Cobb's going to be able to work the middle. Lazard's going to be able to do Lazard things. Aaron Jones in in space against linebackers that aren't Fred Warner, you, you love that idea. I mean, there's just a lot of ways that Green Bay can beat you. And if you don't, hard double... All of a sudden, you're right. Devonte's got eight catches for 140 and two touchdowns, and you're wondering what the hell happened.
0: Right, and that, I mean, we see how quick Devontae Adams can get up on you, especially with the the production <coughs> that he has. I mean, gosh, special special player, seventeen bulldog or bulldog seventeen. I'm assuming that's coming from him playing for Fresno State, wearing number seventeen.
1: Well, we're seventeen now too, so I mean, that's yeah that was, I think the defensive coordinator out there is wing Martindale, but you, you heard them talk about that call and you watched, I mean, you, you literally, I could watch it happen. Hard double, a, a press corner with a safety right over the top of him. And yeah. it allowed Marquez Valdez Scantling to go off. I mean, he had five catches for a hundred yards and that's the type of thing where, you know, if it's Jawan Winfrey or, or whomever is that, you know, that fifth sixth receiver you're not as concerned if you're going to hard double Devonte. whereas scantling will get you lazard will get you and cobb certainly will get you if if you're going to you know double Devonte and have cobb one-on-one with a linebacker that's going to be a problem or even cobb one-on-one with a true nickel or a true dime it's it's not an advantageous matchup for the defense
0: you know when you look at a you know uh a game like this and you talked about how you know you, you guys do so well throwing the ball around you have all these different weapons do you think the elements will maybe slow down the Packers offense to you know any level or do you say you know what regardless of whatever the temperatures are outside or doesn't matter if it drops below zero they're still going to grip it and rip it and throw the ball around to all those special players
1: I mean I think you'll see an attempt at balance and and, and you certainly see with the the 49ers, they're they're obviously, in my opinion, and you look at the DVRA numbers, they're second in run defense, and they're just an average pass offense. They're 16th. They're, the strength of their team, as you saw against Dallas, is probably what they do defensively. So that's going to be kind of the balance for the Packers because I've seen, for example, games like that Baltimore game where they had an elite run defense and a terrible pass offense and a terrible pass offense with – guys missing and green bay still was convinced that they needed to have offensive balance where if they would have just had Rodgers, and i think in that game he threw it 31 times if Rodgers throws it 45 times they blow the ravens out in my opinion and and that's the same situation where you know Rodgers has big hands he, he handles the football better than anyone i've ever seen from the standpoint of taking the shotgun snap carrying out fakes you know RPO fakes where you're sticking it in and pulling it back out, flipping those little slants. He has big hands and is able to handle the football without turning it over in the cold, which I know sounds really simple, but it is an important thing. And that's where I'll be interested to see what Green Bay does. You go back to that game against the 49ers early on in the season, 25 runs for 100 yards. That's four yards a carry. It's fine. But it was really about balance and allowing Rodgers to throw it 33 times. I I don't know if they're going to throw it 40 times and run it 15 instead. I think you're still going to see some run action, even if it's just to set up the pass because of how much respect they're going to ultimately have for that 49ers run defense. I think their best matchup is to throw it. You're right, though, with the elements and the way that the Packers have called plays all season, Will they just zing it around the field? I don't know. I don't know as though that's realistic.
0: Yeah. I think the 49er fans will probably tell you that they're hoping that they run Because 49ers since I believe it's week eight. They've been the number one defense against the run uh, in DVOA. So they've been sure. really stout against the run. and made it very difficult for a lot of teams. So if you can try to make the Packers one dimensional, we'll see if you know the Packers want to see that. Uh, got a guy right here, know your personnel. He says, you know, how do you think the Packers will deal with the evolution of Debo since the first game. And, you know, in the, in the first game that the 49 played against the Packers 49ers running back was Trey sermon. You know, he doesn't even yep. see the field. They didn't have Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel in that game had zero rushing yards and I'm assuming two, zero rushing attempts. So two carries. obviously two carries, zero yards, two carries zero yards. All right. Like yep. since then they've, they've really made it a priority to get him involved in both the passing game and the run game. When you watch the Cowboy game, the first play of the game, he catches a slant for like 13 yards. It did get called back for some uh, movement stuff or whatever. But then the very next two plays, he's running in between the A and the B, B gap. Like he's the running back. So they make making a focal point to use him everywhere on the field, outside, slot, in the backfield. How do you think the Packers will try to handle that?
1: It's interesting because you definitely, you know, they've struggled with that. That was one in that game at U.S. Bank Stadium where they lost to a mediocre Vikings team. They the the they being the Vikings, lined Justin Jefferson up in the backfield. Green Bay didn't idea it. He ended up one-on-one with Green Bay's dime safety, which was uh, an untenable matchup for the Packers. Justin Jefferson scores on that deal. So I think Debo will be a big deal. And, and look, Crack, I, my opinion, that was Green Bay's by far best run defense performance. You look at 21 carries for the 49ers that night for 67 yards. You hold Debo to two carries for zero yards that that's a big deal. I think Devondre Campbell is going to be very, very important in this game as far as chasing Debo side to side. I know that there are some A and B gap runs, but a lot of what Debo does are the reverses or are the, the jets stuff that get tries to get him outside and you're pulling guys and they're trying to get DBs to make tackles in the alley, stuff like that. But going to sideline to sideline is going to be very important. Um, I think it's going to be an important game for Brandon Ayuk to play well because Green Bay, if what they, if what, if they do what I think they'll do, which is probably sit Chandon Sullivan and play Jair Alexander in the slot because they've been so good outside with Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes, truly, truly elite on the outside ever since the acquisition of Rasul Douglas. Eric Stokes has been excellent for a rookie. So if you're going to play Jair Alexander inside or maybe even, and this is his first game back. Since hurting his shoulder. So I don't know as though you know mirroring or tracking Debo with his size is really what you want to do with J.R. Alexander, but they're gonna be okay in the pass game because really, no matter where Debo lines up, there's gonna be a capable corner in front of him. It's the ability of Devondre Campbell to track him as he does all the gadget stuff, and and you have to hope if you're the Packers that Darnell Savage doesn't miss an important tackle because Amos is as rock-solid as it gets. Savage is a little bit questionable. You get the Packers spread out, maybe get them into dime. Maybe Chandon Sullivan's playing dime. Maybe Henry Black's playing dime. Even maybe Kevin King is playing dime. Now you're in a situation where you've got another kind of questionable tackler. So it, it's it's going to be a big deal. But I will say this. If Debo Samuel doesn't have a big game, the 49ers are not winning, period. They just aren't.
0: Right. uh, Do you think that there's any chance, because I know put a lot of emphasis on Debo Samuel and a guy that has been quiet but obviously shows the ability to have explosive games, George Kittle, and then we have Brandon Ayu coming on as a late, and then also Jawan Jennings, he's come on as a late. Uh, Do you think that they'll say, hey, we're going to take away Debo Samuel, but then that might leave a guy like George Kittle a little bit more one-on-one? And would that be able to hurt the Packers? It
1: certainly could. I mean, you go back to – the Baltimore game that I was talking about, and Tyler Huntley had absolute tunnel vision in that game. Mark Andrews just just destroyed poor Darnell Savage. And and I like Savage, he's a good player, comes up with big interceptions. I think you know he has not had the season he probably wants to have had this year, but they put Darnell Savage and said, You take away Mark Andrews when they played Baltimore. And it went as bad as it could have gone. Ten catches for 136 yards and two touchdowns on 13 targets. Mark Andrews tore them up. Now, they completely eliminated Hollywood Brown. And basically, no non-Mark Andrews guys did anything. So, if the primary focus is George Kittle, I don't think George Kittle will have a great day. But I don't think George Kittle can be the primary focus. I think he's going to be the secondary weapon to what they're going to do with Debo. And, and I think he does have a chance because I don't think you can man him up with Devondre Campbell. I don't think that's a great matchup for Green Bay. I think the guy that's going to end up messing with, with Kittle more often than not is Amos, and, and you hope that that's an okay matchup if you're the Packers because he, he maybe doesn't move quite as well in space as Mark Andrews does or, like, through the route tree as Mark Andrews does. But Kittle's much, much nastier after the catch, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a guy that uh, you talk about fond memories of, of playoff games against the Packers for 49ers fans. There's a lot of George Kittle damage in those fond memories.
0: <laughs> when you look at this, when you look at this game, you have a West coast team traveling to green Bay. And I mean, the temperatures are going to be frigid, right? I know that game in 2013, it was at Lambeau field again, yeah. frigid. Uh frigid. Uh, that was not conditions. a very good
1: Packers team by the way. I am not making right. excuses. I'm just telling you. No, that they was were not like 8-7 and 1, right? They were Yeah, like they eight, were not very one. good. Yep.
0: Uh but in the sense of how the 49ers handled the weather conditions, do yeah. you think they can replicate that in the sense of hey, we're going to go out there and and at least look like the weather isn't bothering us in this game because I think most people are assuming that that's going to be the big the biggest advantage. I mean, outside of having Aaron Rodgers and stuff right. like that, but The biggest advantage for Green Bay is, oh, it's super cold weather. But in 2013, not to say that that's the reason, you know, the 49ers won, whatever. Yeah. But it was it was similar conditions and a West Coast team traveled and still played well. Do you assume that the 49ers can kind of not say replicate that same performance, but at least perform to a point where if the 49ers do lose, it won't be because of the weather?
1: Yeah, and, and here, here's what I'll say about that, Kroc, and what I really think is honestly the key to the game, and that is Green Bay has had a, the unfortunate habit of letting the other team go up 7 to nothing in almost all their games. They've sort of corrected that in the last couple of weeks, um, even though they lost to Detroit because they put Love in and and whatever. I mean, they pulled their starters, but the win over Minnesota is the one that certainly comes to mind as far as finally... Uh, starting fast a little bit, I think they no, I think they spotted Cleveland a seven, and they did. They spotted Cleveland a six nothing lead. Starting fast is going to be so important for the Packers because you want the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. You want Jimmy down seventeen to three, or seventeen to seven, or twenty to seven. You want that, and and that sounds super obvious. Yeah, idiot. You want to play from ahead, or you want to be winning the game. But my my point is this: when it's that cold as much as they're professional athletes and you want to believe that their heads are in it every down, every snap, if you're down 17, seven, or if you're down 20 to seven, 24 to 10, it's a lot easier to quit when it's the wind chill is six or the wind chill is seven. And, and for so many reasons, I think it's important. Green Bay does not want to play from behind. They do not want these pass rushers from, uh, you know, this this 49ers factory. I know Omenu's had a great year. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about Bosa. They're able to get up the field if they know they can pin their ears back. And Green Bay just is so much better built from ahead. By the way, getting Whitney Merciless back, getting getting Zadarius Smith back, you have a fearsome fivesome of Kenny Clark as a true in, interior problem. And then the, the edge guys that you can move all over in Gary, Merciless, Preston, and Z. And it becomes a serious problem when you're playing from ahead and you know the other team is going to throw. So that, in my opinion, Croc is where the weather comes in the biggest, is, yeah. is are you way ahead and can you get San Francisco to quit? Because I think that – and not that they're happy with where they're at, but – I think there's plenty of, of, of ways that you can pridefully lose this game if you're the 49ers and just say, hey, we weren't even supposed to be here. We want however many games to get here. You get late into the third quarter and it's 27 to 10 Packers. I think you could see a lot of, well, this is how far we were supposed to go. Because I don't think anybody, even after that Texans game, thought, okay, this is an NFC championship team or this is a Super Bowl team there have been 49ers teams in the last 10 years where those are the expectations. I know there's hope and and you know you always want to go to the Super Bowl and win the whole thing, but as far as like where 49ers fans assumed this club could go, this is probably it or or t- towards the end of it.
0: I I would say that if you asked before the season they felt like this is a team that could make a Super Bowl run. I'd say when the 49ers were two and four or three and five, yeah. they would probably say, Hey, we're good with a divisional round. Like if you told us, hey, you, you'll make it to the divisional round. Don't worry about it. But I think with how the season kind of, you know, ended 49ers, I believe, uh, the second half of the season having like the best record down the stretch, they started to improve in all facets of their game. I, I think the expectations as far as the fan base goes has risen kind of dr- drastically sure. because it is a much different. Team, You know, the first half of the season, the big thing that we were coming on here and having a conversation about is who are the 49ers? Like, what is their identity? Sure. We know what their identity is supposed to be, but it's lost. Where is it? Where is it? And all of a sudden, the second half of the season, they started to kind of get back to their identity. And they found it. And we'll see if that continues. I do have one more question. I know I want to ask you about uh, Trey Lance as well. I'm joined here. Uh, if you guys are just joining us, Ross Uglum, uh Packers report. Bison Report, so he has a lot of good insight on not just the Packers, but North Dakota State as well. And we all know 49ers have a player uh, that was drafted number three overall from North Dakota State. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to answer this uh, super chat here. Last week, Cowboys uh, guest touted their uh, ranked number one offense and thought Amari and CD would ball on our secondary, seeing similar confidence. Uh, It sounds like he's saying that you are – I don't want to say hyping the, the your offense. I We know what the Packers offense is, but I think he he's saying that he doesn't think it would be as much of an issue as you are it, 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 and that's what the Packers kind of thought. Sure. I, I mean, the Cowboys thought.
1: I mean, Dak Prescott's not rolling through that door for Green Bay. That's the main difference. Yeah. You, I, yeah. I mean, you could say Amari and CD are more impressive than I don't care, Lazard and Adams or Cobb and Adams or whoever you want to pair with Adams, but the difference is the guy pulling the trigger, in my opinion, as far as what Dallas didn't do well was the quarterback played poorly. And I don't think that's debatable that the quarterback played poorly. And maybe Rodgers will play poorly, but I wouldn't bet on that.
0: Uh, so when you when you say he played poorly, do you think that there was anything that contributed to him playing uh, poorly? You know, 49ers were able to kind of get there yeah, with a four-man sure. pass rush.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, specifically poor Tyron Smith, man, he was such a good player for such a long time. Um, I don't think he played particularly well. And and I, I do. I'm not saying that the 49ers did nothing because they played well specifically to continue to get after Prescott the way that they did after the Bosa injury, I thought was really impressive. But he as an individual player really, I don't think, kind of pulled his head out of his ass until the fourth quarter, which you can't do. And win a playoff game. I mean, they almost did it, <laughs> but but you have to play well quarters one through four, or at least quarter, which Rodgers has done for a lot of the season, at least quarters two through four. And yeah. that slow start and just missing guys and not being efficient offensively, that killed them as far as right. their actual opportunity to win that game. Um, they, they were, you know, it's an old pro wrestling term. They were working from underneath the entire time. And they were, they were they were climbing up the hill when they they maybe didn't need to be.
0: All right. So I have one more question for you uh, about this, this game. And obviously we'll get to trade hands yep. a little bit. But sure. is there anything about the 49ers that worry you? Like if you were to say, well, for sure. if we were, you know, if uh, Sunday comes, right, Sunday comes and the 49ers won, what would you say the reason?
1: <sighs> uh, Green Bay struggled to stop the run. Um probably had an uncharacteristic Rodgers turnover or a fumble like the Aaron Jones fumble against the Bucks last year. Something something odd on offense happened. And ultimately, I would say either Joe Barry's defense or Mo Drayton's special teams had a significant gaff as well. I mean, that's where you know Green Bay made a change at defensive coordinator. And if you look at the DVOA numbers, if you look at the advanced numbers that unit really didn't get any better. Special teams got worse. You know, I would guess that the 49ers got up into the 30s if they won the game. That would that would be my guess and and ultimately I think that would be, you know, big couple of big Kittle plays, running the ball well. That 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 stuff's scary. Kittle's a scary matchup Debo. Uh, Debo doesn't worry me as much just because I think from a personnel standpoint Green Bay matches up really well there. Kittle is scary. Elijah Mitchell is scary. And, you know, Mike McDaniel and Kyle are always scary As much crap as Kyle gets for this or that, or, or the way he's handled the quarterback situation this year. Green Bay has been diced up by, by Kyle too many times for um, anybody to, and and, and I know Green Bay is six in some place now, six and a half point favorites, but I, I think you have to respect this 49ers team. No question.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, it's going to be a good one, man. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited. I, I was telling people uh, right after the game, even, you know, with the Cowboys game and whatnot, I actually feel like the 49ers match up better against Green Bay as opposed to Dallas just because stylistically from, you know, from that standpoint, Dallas Cowboys, uh, their defense takes the ball away more than anyone in the NFL. And that's something that worried me, especially when you have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side, which it did kind of bite us late in the game. And then offensively, obviously, you know, the Cowboys just have all these explosive weapons all over the field. They spread it out. They'll throw it around, and that kind of led to them having the number one offense. So that, not to say, like, worry, but worry me, but I knew, like, okay, those things are going to be a challenge. 49ers were able to kind of keep those under wraps. Now, this game is just different because the, from the way we look at it on this side, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Devontae Adams, and, and that's a huge problem. Anytime you step on the field at the same time with those guys and what they're able to do – And everybody knows, like, that team is going to go as far as, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers takes them. But most people would probably tell you, even though there are obviously, like, terrific players on the other side, we didn't even really talk a whole lot about Aaron Jones and his ability and uh, Dylan and how Dylan could potentially, you know, wear down the 49ers' defense, uh, especially in that cold weather, being 250 pounds, being able to run the ball that he has. I just think, you know, We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I did want to ask you before you get out of here uh, about Trey Lance a little bit. And there are a lot of 49er fans, some that are really excited, some that are just like, oh, no, 49ers should have never taken this guy number three overall. He's coming from North Dakota State. How could they take a guy from a Division Two school? I know he's FCS 1AA, but that's what they say. How could they take a guy from a Division II school? He's never going to get this. Can you? Can you – For the naysayers out there, the doubters of Trey Lance, or maybe even for the guys that like him, but just give your opinion of what you saw from Trey Lance at his time at North Dakota state.
1: Just all the tools in the world, you know, and I think it's, it's understandable to be concerned. I think it it definitely made a lot of sense for him to sit this year Um I don't know if it was necessarily at all times the best thing for the 49ers, but for his individual development, especially, you know, his, what you would call his redshirt sophomore season, he only got one game. And that was obviously due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So you're talking about a kid with 19 career starts at, at the FCS division one double a level should have had a a showcase game at Oregon, his sophomore year that gets canceled due to COVID-19, but because, North Dakota state is nine and three against the big boys. And most of those, by the way, are against power five opponents because no one in the group of five will play them. They know they'll lose. So, you know, th- this power five every year is no more. They used to get a power five game every year. They played Kansas state beat and played Iowa state beat and played Iowa, beat them, beat Minnesota, beat them twice. You know, they would get those guys to schedule them though. They're not calling anymore because they're not going to pay you know that's it's called a buy game. You you pay the school five hundred grand. They come to your school. You fill up your stadium. You make your money back. You get a win, whatever. Not the way it works with NDSU. So Trey never got that showcase game. It was supposed to be against Oregon out out in Eugene, and it's not like Oregon ducked them. There was a freaking pandemic, so they didn't right. get to play that game. And so you're really basing his development off of like that preseason game in LA. Uh, you're, you're, you're a lot of, of, of course, I didn't love Kyle's plan against Arizona, but things didn't go that great against Arizona. But then you started to see some of the really special stuff uh, against Houston that toss across the field, I believe, to Debo, that throw that Kittle one-handed. I, great play by Kittle, but that was high-level stuff from Trey. And that's what you're going to see is he, there isn't a throw he can't make. There isn't a play with his feet he can't make. You just have to trust Mike McDaniel. You have to trust Kyle. You have to hope that the, the development can be there so that – and and by the way, decision-making was great at NDSU. 19 games, one interception. I know he's already turned the ball over in, in San Francisco, but it's a guy that, that has shown the ability and the want to to take care of the football. And you're just looking for him to take the layups because – the the Steph Curry bombs from downtown, those are coming. The the thunderous dunks, those are coming. The wild plays will happen, but you just want to get him in more of a rhythm to take the layups. And that, I think, is your biggest concern or what you want to see of his development is can he be more consistent than Jimmy? Because he's he can already do things that Jimmy can't do. It's right. that pick in the fourth quarter that Jimmy threw. Where you've got your hair in your hands, you're hoping that's the play moving forward that Trey doesn't make.
0: Right. Yeah. No, we're, we're all excited to see, you know, how he develops. Do you know, you know, how he is from a mental perspective, right? Because you know, one thing I've noticed, you know, my time being in the NFL New York Jets, I see all these super talented players in the locker room, but some guys don't pan out for one reason or another. And a lot of times it's because of work ethic, it's because of just that competitiveness, maybe they don't have like that drive to go above and beyond and be great. Do you think that any of those things will be issues with Trey Lance to, that would kind of hinder him uh, and maybe stop him from, you know, being able to reach his maximum potential?
1: I don't, and I want to preface this, and I'm not like trying to brag or sound cool or anything like that. But like Trey and I are friendly. I've I've known I've, I covered his recruitment. I've known the kid since he was 18 years old. I, I know his mom and dad. So this is not the most objective opinion in the world is what I guess I'm trying to tell you, but he comes from a great family. Dad's a football coach. Mom's a rock star. Um, Always very, very mentally strong, honestly, and, and wasn't voted a team captain as a freshman, but that was his team. And that's a team that went undefeated the year prior and went undefeated with him as a starter. And that, that's a hell of a culture there at North Dakota State. You can talk all you want about FCS, it's Division two it's not. But you can talk about, you know, lower level of competition, all the live long day. You can even point to Carson Wentz's struggles. I don't – that's fine. What I'm telling you is this kid took over one of the best cultures in football period, nine of the last 11 championships at their level. That's a winning culture. They understand what it takes. They understand what the work is. And he led, literally led that team. I know guys – that are two years older than Trey, three years older than Trey, that looked to Trey for leadership as a redshirt freshman in that program. He's just, he's a phenomenal kid. He's a good person. And I know not everybody cares. You know, you can have assholes on your team (laughs) if they win. He's not an asshole. He's a great kid. And I don't, there's nothing from my many, many interactions with him um, that would lead me to believe there's going to be any side of the mental game of the leadership game of the confidence game, any of that, that's going to be a concern moving forward. He, he's a, he's a great kid and a great person. And to me, it's like, what's a franchise quarterback. That's Trey Lance. Trey, Trey Lance is a franchise quarterback.
0: I think that's the highest compliment you could probably pay to him, man. Ross Uglum, yeah. I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, shout out, let everybody know where they can find all your work, uh, your Twitter, your you know where you're writing, who you're covering, sure. all that good stuff.
1: So at Packer Report sixty six for all your 49ers Packers coverage from as you would say our side, the Green Bay side this week. Um, I'm at Ross Uglum on Twitter, and if you want to follow along with the uh, journey of North Dakota State, it's just at Bison Report on Twitter. We'll have. You know, Trey features here and there. Crocs on me out uh, when Trey Lance lined up against Easton's stick in the preseason uh, out in L.A. I, I was able to go out and cover that game. And, and I'll, I'll probably be, uh, you know, at 49ers games in the future. Just continuing to tell Trey's story because he's obviously a big deal for our university. That's where I live. I do cover the Packers, but I'm here in Fargo. And, um, you know, Trey's obviously a huge deal to us and a huge deal to the future of your franchise.
0: All right, man. Ross, I appreciate you coming on. You've been more than gracious with your time, man. Thank
1: you. All right. Thanks, Crack. All
0: right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That's my guy, Ross Uglum. I I I see the I saw the chat. All right. One thing that I want to make sure that you guys understand is when I bring on the guest, it's not for me to tell them about the 49ers. All right. We talk about the 49ers. We understand how we feel about the Niners and their matchup against. The Green Bay Packers or whoever they're playing, but I, I want to hear another perspective, and that you know, you let them get that out. So what I'm gonna do now is, I know it's you know we're about 10 minutes away from where we usually start, but stop. But we're gonna keep it going. All right, I'm gonna put this in the chat, and whatever issues that you had with the conversation, and you want to talk it out, feel free. All right, so there's a chat uh, link right there to come on live and talk about it. I, I saw a lot of people were upset with some of the things that he was saying. Uh, again, you have to understand, like, that's their perspective from a Packers fan, and they, they want to give us their side, and that's why I bring on these guests so we can hear that. Just like, you know, we had our guy from the Cowboys last week. You know, uh, the, the week before that, we had the Rams guy, and most of them are going to paint the narrative of this battle in a way to where, you know, their team is the superior team. You know, I mean, I, I, if if I were if I were a Packers uh, reporter fan, I would feel very confident as well. You know, I, I would feel I would feel very if the Packers are the number one team in the NFL and they have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and they got a lot of guys coming back. So if I'm them, I feel comfortable as well. Like, man, 49ers got to come into our house, beat them earlier this year. We got reinforcement coming we got guys that were hurt they're coming back yeah man if i was a packer if i was covering the packers or i was a packer fan i'd be like yeah man packers got this just you know don't turn the ball over you know something like that now from the 49ers standpoint i look at it as this is not it's not the same 49er fan i think they they think they saw early in the season and i know there have been some close games with the 49ers this team is battle-tested and one thing about the 49ers, some of these games get how they are close as close as they are because 49ers do things to kind of get in their own way. And if the 49ers can just kind of eliminate some of that, they'll be all right. Here we go. Coming on first, I got my guy Ryan, man. Ryan, how you doing? A.K.A. Ricky Williams.
8: <laughs> Good morning, man. Good morning. Uh, I would read the chat, too. I don't think it was just like we was like mad at him, but... After you see a team that's been in the playoff mode for the last eight weeks and playing some real physical football, you would think he'd just be a little more. Like it sounds like you're taking us very lightly. Like I don't mind him giving his perspective about how he think his going to win and all the pros that you know that they do have. But it was like, dog, you don't be dismissive of what we've been doing. You know what I mean? And I was even thinking about the Baltimore game or even the Packers in general over this year. It wasn't like they had been a very dominant team. You know, I mean, even the game against Cleveland, they won. But Baker tossed four interceptions, and their game was in the mid-20s. You know what I mean? But Cleveland was able to run the ball down their throat. Same thing with the Baltimore Ravens. Even though their whole secondary was dismantled, you're missing a uh, MVP player in uh, what's-my-boy-name, Lamar Jackson. You still, you know what I'm saying? They were still able to keep up with the team like that. So, um, it was just, you know what I'm saying? And then also, it's that time of the year. We just finished beating the Dallas Cowboys, and then the Green Bay Packers up. So, I think we were just kind of like, we in playoff mode. You know what I'm saying? And we just kind of like,
0: <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, Ryan.
8: <laughs> All right, man. Peace out.
0: All right, here we go. Next person up. I got my guy Chris, aka Roscoe's. Man, Roscoe's talk to me.
9: What's up, Croc? How's it going? It's Thursday. I'm excited. The Niners about to play on Saturday.
0: You know, I keep forgetting that they play in like two days. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this is essentially kind of like Friday uh, for 49er fans. The game is coming up pretty quick. It's almost go time, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for our front four.
9: I'm excited about our run game. I'm excited about Debo. He said Debo. I don't think Debo's going to be much of a factor. He's a liar. Debo is going he is worried about Debo. There is nobody who matches up with Debo on their team. As a receiver, yes, Jair Alexander. But as you've seen, Diggs didn't even – they didn't even have Diggs on a Debo like that because Debo plays all over the field. He is not a one-receiver guy. He's a – like he said, I'm a wide back. So – I'm not sure what he was talking about. Oh, we match. We have we, ma- we match up well with Debo. The thing that really annoyed me, what he said, is, uh, you know, were you guys up twenty seven. I mean, we're twenty seven to ten. You know, I, it would be you know uh, crazy to think that y'all would quit. Or I'm like, what? We not built like that. I, that's all I wanted you to tell them is cry I wanted you I know you don't you know go back and forth with them but at least one thing I wish you would have said is like nah bro we're not built like that we don't quit we don't lay down we haven't if we was gonna lay down it would have been when we were three and five but nope every time we got down we answered the call we lost to the times we answered the call we don't we don't quit we don't lay down we don't we are not built like that we are different we're cut from a different cloth we are beasts out here okay? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Now that's
0: that's real. And and one thing about the 49ers and kind of what was going through my mind was the 49ers don't get blown out. So it, it, so the the quitting aspect of it, I don't even think that's an that's an option. Like you said, if if there was any quit in his team, it would have been, At you know, it, it would have been when the 49ers were two and four, when they were three and five, and Kyle Shanahan sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo through that time shows him, hey, we're not quitting <laughs> on this season. And if, what you know, if, if if there was a team that I was gonna quit, it'd be the
9: Packers because they're the ones I seen quit when we played them. Like I, they, they, I, I just I did not like that comment. And another thing is, uh, Aaron Rodgers in his last eleven playoff games had eight interceptions. So I, I you know, I as well as these Packer fans love to talk about him. Aaron Rodgers from a regular season is a different Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. So they better brace themselves because uncharacteristic turnovers see he mentioned the uh, fumble by Aaron Jones which that really set it off you know for the Buccaneers but he didn't mention that first uh half interception by Aaron Rodgers so uh you know the, these Packer fans don't like to mention that I have not seen none of them mention like yeah man you know Aaron Rodgers actually you know he may not turn the ball over in a regular season but the playoffs he's a completely different player so I'm excited I hope you excited Croc
0: Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm you ready to go, one. man. I'm ready to go.
9: I'm out of here, though. You have a good one, bro.
0: All right. All right, here we go. Next up, we got my guy Dion. Dion's back. Done with the workout, huh? I see you. Deshaun's coming on, too. Deshaun, he finished his workout as well. So you back home. You finished the workout. How you feeling, man?
7: Hey, man, I feel good. I feel real good, man. I had to. My job requires me to go get the booster, so I got it yesterday. But luckily, it's not affecting me in a negative way. Um. Yeah, Shoulder I got my booster
0: two days ago. I got my booster two days ago. Arm a little sore, but aside from that.
7: Exactly. Okay. exactly. So, quickly, the only thing I had to say is the same thing that everybody else has been saying. The disrespect to Debo. I need you to calm down, sir. I need you to calm all the way <laughs> down. and you to bring it down several notches. No one matches up with Debo. Period. And because of that, he going to snatch your linebacker chain. I guarantee Whoa, you. Dude,
0: hold on, hold on, Deion. You got to look at it from his perspective, right? Like he was saying. And in, in their eyes, when mm-hmm. they played early in the season, Debo had two carries. Whatever those carries were jet sweeps or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. he had two carries, zero yards. So so he's looking at it from the perspective of hey, we done seen them give him carries, and we shut that down. So that's yeah. that's his perspective, not knowing that he's utilizing in a totally different way, you know. Back there in week three, or whatever that was, there was no hey, we're just eye formation, Debo's right here hand the ball off to him and, work, and let him do his thing, where you utilize yeah. him as more of a traditional running back. 49ers mm-hmm. weren't doing anything like that early on. Or a lot of the movement stuff where they motion him into the backfield and then toss to him. A lot of the ways that they use Debo in the run game now, they didn't do that. So they don't know that. All they know is he on paper he had two carries, zero yards, shut it down, not worried about him.
7: Yeah, I I can understand that, but at the end of the day, if you are really, you know, I'm I'm not knocking this guy's knowledge. I'm 100% sure he's a big student of football, but you don't come on to a 49er show, say Debo is going to be a non-factor based off of that. Because if you've been watching the rest of the season, Debo been eating people up. Like, I look at everything. I know that Aaron Jones is a threat. I know for damn sure Devontae Adams is a threat. I know Valdez Gatling is a threat over the top. I know if we stop those two, we still got to deal with Alan Zard and possibly Randall Cobb. I know the type of person that Aaron Rodgers is. So I know what he presents and what he poses to me. Even if he has a bad game, that don't mean that he won't have a good one. I appreciate what uh, Chris said as far as the interceptions in the playoffs. But my thing is, underestimate Debo if you want to. He going to roll up on you like red, ask you what you got on his touchdown, snatch your chain, go score, and then come back and ask <laughs> you for some more. That's all I got to say. I got to get to work. Appreciate you, Crocky. <laughs> I know how you do when you don't, you know, go back at them. But we go back at them for you. So, if you out there and you yeah. still watching, brother, Debo all up on you now. You done, you done, you done woke a sleeping giant. And it's unfortunate because he about to come and stomp through Lambeau Field. We going to get that W, baby. Peace, Crocky. I love up? you, baby. All
0: right. And my guy Dion. here we go. Got my guy Deshaun. Deshaun fresh off of a workout, too. Are, are you still, you still got that pump going? Because Dion, he still had that, like, I don't know if he took pre-workout <laughs> or whatever, but that was still flowing, man.
6: Yeah, no, I've kind of uh, just finished my little protein shake. I'm good. I'm calming down. couple points I wanted to make, though. Um, he didn't really touch on it. I'm like, this is, we almost beat them. This is before the Niners actually had identity. Before we figured our identity right. out, we almost beat them in the fourth quarter. So, and then on top of that, yeah, like I said, it was before Debo actually became a wide back. And you got to remember, Trey Sermon, I think he averaged under like four yards a carry. I think it was three something. Elijah yeah, Mitchell. That was man. the 49ers' worst. That,
0: that was the 49ers' worst rushing performance. And that was the Packers' best uh, performance against the run. And I and I think 49ers fans will tell you, well, there was no Elijah Mitchell. Debo wasn't a big part of it, you know. Uh, you know, So, I think that's that's again that's a little bit of context that's kind of left out from earlier in the season. Yeah, sure. And this
6: is before Aziz start going crazy. Our linebacker core finally got it together. And this was actually when trade, uh when Fred Warner, we would a lot of people was kind of doubting Fred Warner and his intensity. Man, these guys were playing on a whole nother level right now on defense. And I don't really think he also didn't pay a lot of respect to our, our defensive line, man. We're we're getting we're getting 13 rushes. We're getting, like, after, like, five sacks, I think, the last couple games. Like, we're getting to the quarterback, man. So, I think that was the biggest thing for me. Just pay some respect to that D-line because we've been going crazy. You got DJ Jones. I think uh, he's, like, one of the best run stoppers in the league, if not the best. It's it's going to be a long day for the Packers, man. That's all I wanted to say, y'all, here.
0: <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you coming on, bro.
6: Yep, yep. All
0: right. I see a comment here. This is a good one from our guy, uh, Elena McCullum. Niners barely beat Dallas that couldn't score, right? man? And, and you got to look at it like this, Elena. Uh, Cowboys have the number one offense in the league, number one scoring offense in the league, and they couldn't score. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's not because they just couldn't score, right? Like there was somebody on the other side of it that had a good game plan and a good scheme and good players that limited Cowboys scoring ability. Uh, I do agree with you in the sense that 49ers barely beat them. And I've talked about it ad nauseum on here that, you know, the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback, have a tough time kind of stepping on teams' throats and putting them away. And there were some throws that he missed. You know, 49ers were up 23-7. He had an out route wide open. Brandon and he sailed it, right? And that kind of led to kind of keeping the Cowboys in the game. I think that would have been a nail in the coffin. So uh, the good thing with the 49ers, regardless of if they barely won, they can barely beat anybody. And I think you look at how the Packers beat the 49ers early in the season. The Packers barely beat the 49ers, a team that was up uh, up after being down. And the 49ers uh drove down, scored a touchdown. They were up with 37 seconds left, no timeouts for the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers kind of worked his magic. So I think regardless of how you kind of spin it, it's going to be a competitive game. I appreciate the, uh, the comment. Here we go, got my guy Terrence coming on and get to talk a little bit more to Terrence today than yesterday. Here we go, Terrence. Good morning. How you doing, bro?
10: I'm doing good, Crocky. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling.
10: Yeah, man. But look, man, hey, ain't nobody worried about that fake confidence, man. That's what I was hearing. I was hearing all that fake confidence he was spewing, man. He don't believe half of the stuff he said, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He can't. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. You talking about you talking about the Green Bay Packers team. When the last time they went to the Super Bowl.
0: Last time they won it which was two thousand nine, was it? Pre-
10: precisely, precisely. So yeah. he, you know, he acting like they they go to the Super Bowl every other year or something, man. You know, they, you know, I'm gonna tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers scared to death, man. He, he I'm telling you, he he's a confident quarterback, but he's scared of that D line, and, and he probably sitting home right now. Y'all better block on Saturday night. I know that much. That's right, what he's saying. You know, do you and, think, um,
0: do you think that there's a sense? Because I I asked Ross about this, and do you think that there's a sense of like? Aaron Rodgers having to prove to himself that he can knock off a 49ers organization. And, and I talked about like 2012, 2013, it's a different team now, but still the same organization. And you still mm-hmm. kind of have that cloud hanging over your head. You saw them again in 2019. You, you got beat down again in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like that Chris brought up the whole quitting thing. He's like, man, the Packers quit more uh, yeah. than the 49ers. And we, we didn't seen it. And the 49ers have seen it in the yeah. playoffs or even early uh, what 2019 regular season, what that game looked like, you know, it really looked like the Packers just gave up. And obviously I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that they're going to do that again, but they have kind of shown that ability to where when the 49ers start to impose their will on them, it's like, man, we're going to kind of shut down. So, uh, you know, when you look at this game and Aaron Rodgers and how he has to prove that he can beat the 49ers in a, just a, a pivotal game, like a crucial game. Do you think that there will be anything to that? Like as far as, the 49ers kind of in his head a little bit.
10: Oh, most definitely, Croc. The, 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 first of all, I believe, it, it, did the boy grow up a 49ers fan? Did Aaron Rodgers grow up a 49ers fan? There you yeah. go, right there. There you go, right there. We already in his head. We've been in his head since he was five years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Of course he wants to beat us. Of course. And he was he was pissed on draft day. Don't forget that. He, he ain't forgot it. Don't forget. He was sitting there seething on draft day when the 49ers passed him up. And you know yeah. you better believe he wanted to come play for us. You know that, and he still wants to come play for us <laughs> today. So you know, don't get him messed up, bro. I know, I know. Trust me. He this is the team that he wants to beat very badly, and he has not beat us in the in 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 these playoffs. Um, and he wants to knock us off and get to that Super Bowl that that he 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 wants so badly. You know, he hasn't been. You know, when we uh, this one thing's for certain, one thing's for sure. When we get to the playoffs, we go to the Super Bowl. We,
0: that's been the know, case we, or at we, the very least nfc championship
10: <laughs> right we don't we don't get knocked out we don't get knocked out early so we make it so you better be scared of us because yeah that's look at look at look at the, you know look at the receipts. when we when we get there we go to the bowl that's, that's the all i'm saying man. you know you know so so I, i'm you know you know I I, I I believe aaron Rodgers is worried about that d-line if it's if, if not for anything else he's worried about that d-line and, and staying upright because he's just like any other quarterback man he get touched if he get touched he get knocked down he gonna get he gonna get flustered you know he'll get shut yep, up a little bit right. no no quarterback likes it. no no quarterback likes to be touched crocky you know that so it doesn't I matter if it's be. aaron Rodgers, <laughs> tom brady uh uh joe flacco whoever you talking about none of them like to get touched so if that's the key to the game if the 49ers can uh, if the 49ers win this game it's going to be because of that d-line getting aaron Rodgers and putting them on the dirt that's it
0: all right, Terrence, before I get you off, do you got a score prediction?
10: Oh man. Mmm. Let's see. Yeah. I think I think we I think I think 24 points to do it against them. Because I I don't think they're gonna score that much on us. I say 24 17.
0: All right. I like it, I man. I appreciate you coming on. All
10: right, brother. All right, have sounds a good one. Good. See you next time. You too.
0: All right, here we go. Shout out to my guy, Terrence, coming on. Shout out to everybody that contributed to such a great show. Uh, we still will be back tomorrow. Friday is going to be Fan Friday. Everything is going to be about you. We're bringing you on the whole time. Everything that y'all want to talk about, that's what we're going to get into. All right? Make sure if you like this show, if you have liked what you've heard today, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We've got almost 400 of you in here. Pretty much consistent. About 400 people uh, watching live. Shout out to all y'all. Uh, I love it. Underdog Fantasy, we're going to get into that tomorrow. I'll put the link in the chat where you guys can sign up, make you some money. All right, we'll be doing some over-under parlays and stuff like that. Obviously, you guys helped me with all that stuff as well. We're going to get into that. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Thank thank you, everybody, for being cordial throughout this entire show. (laughs) I think that's a a nice way of putting it. But uh, let's go, man. We are two days away. Two days away. Two days away. I appreciate y'all all coming on, man. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to Frontline Sports, the YouTube channel. All that good stuff, man. But y'all know what it is, man. From the day, I'm out. Peace. See y'all tomorrow.
8: Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Crocker. Over midfield. He'll
2: run it. All the way into the end zone.
0: Crop Talk TV podcast. Peace.